Hello, everybody. Welcome to Buckets and Beyond. I wanted to uh, introduce you to our Star Wars and Beyond uh, episode where we take a deep dive into what we want in the future of Star Wars. This is part one of two. Hope y'all enjoy. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Buckets and Beyond. I'm your host, Ben Seibel. And today, as I'll, and we are joined by my co host, Andrew Bennett, aka The Goon. Hey, hey, hey. Mr. Uh, Devil's Advocate. And uh, we normally are joined by Jay Bonnie, but he is currently beating somebody in golf right now. So um, we'll just hear from him tomorrow. And uh, today is going to be a, an extremely nerdy podcast of uh, Buckets and Beyond, where really we're just going to focus on the Beyond segment and uh, all of the nerdy, dorky um, Star Wars topics we can think of. We've been kind of saving up for a while, and now we it's kind of a great chance to really dive into those. Um, and um, I think I'll just uh, start it off with, with Andrew, and he had some news that he told me about, about a new show that they're starting or putting together for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, um, so the news dropped this week. Uh, well, actually, there were a couple of veins of news. The biggest, uh, the biggest piece of information was essentially that uh, the, I believe the lead writer and creator of the, um, of the Netflix show, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it. There, a new, a new Disney Plus, uh, Star Wars series has been announced, um, and, uh, <clears throat> and it's, it looks intriguing. The details that we have essentially right now are, it's gonna be, the setting is gonna be in a, it's kind of vague, but essentially it was just in a timeline or kind of area of Star Wars history that hasn't been explored or isn't being explored right now. So it kind of, it's kind of, you're not really sure. It's like, okay, does that mean pre-everything? Does that mean post-everything? Does it mean, like, we haven't really gotten too much between episode six and episode seven? Does that mean in between there? Does it mean, mm. like, there are so many little gaps in Star Wars history that's like, oh, you could go anywhere, and it still could be a time, like, a setting that hasn't been explored yet. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> that's exciting, uh, and just, and, and, well, and also the other big chunk of information, so it's going to be set in a new sort of uh, time period potentially, uh, <clears throat> as well as uh, <clears throat> it will be uh, geared as like a very female centric um, series. So, uh, assuming, prob I mean, probably, uh, I mean, obviously, like female led, uh, and I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they where they go with it. Uh, you know, in sp like specifically almost focusing, honing in on that aspect of it. Uh, it's interesting from like a lore perspective because there are several. Hashtag lore. Yeah. One, well, and there's, there's one particular group that like sticks out in my mind as like a very, um, 
matriarchal like and female-centric group within the star wars universe and lore and so i was just spitballing this week uh and ben you may may not have gotten to this point in clone wars but like oh shoot like an all-female cast are we looking at some like dathomiri like night sisters situation like uh you you know asajj ventress in the clone wars like is descended is is a one of the night sisters or was descended from night so like uh there's suddenly potential for that that's also been like with uh the most recent video game uh, the the jedi fallen order game they've kind of pulled in a little bit more of that dathomir uh night sisters lore so it's a little bit more closely connected with just the wider universe now since it's it's been it's been included in the video game system been included in clone wars it's uh been referenced uh, in different places now. Uh, um, so that was just my like spitball, but I mean, it's, it, it's, I'm interested, I'm really interested to hear more about, about where that particular series is going. Um, and we can get into both that and some of the other series that are kind of, have been percolating for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously Kenobi. Right. Uh, I will say that it does feel like someone on Twitter kind of observed that it does feel like every series that we get announced gets announced and like there's this there's this swell of interest and and intrigue and then after a couple of months there's some sort of production issues or there's some sort of like jumble or shake up with the creative team and so like the Cassian Andor series has been you know was announced I think well over a year ago or announced back when like kind of around when Rogue One first was released uh and it's still i think it's still in like pre-production like creative team work uh kenobi i think has been pushed back to 2021 or so uh of course with COVID 19 like who knows when like Mm. actual new things will show up i think i think mandalorian season two though is i think it's still is still slated even with probably the production holdups like with the pandemic i think that i think season two is still like good for october november release i think uh so that was yeah oh cool i think as he checks that um (laughs) back check hashtag back check um i think um I think what I've noticed, I know like I'm I'm not as deep in um, the lore as Andrew is. He's read a lot of books about Star Wars. He knows a lot of uh, the characters and all the different things. I'm still kind of catching up in that regard. But so I started re- watching Clone Wars. And I just started season three. Um, and I had kind of been putting that on the back burner for the longest time. I was like, eh, like I'm sure like it's good, but like it's not. For real. I don't know why I didn't watch it. I just felt like it wasn't as legitimate. Um, and then I just actually started watching it with my brother, and then I was kind of like blown away on how the stories were interwoven, the way they were told, the characters. I felt like I know Obi Wan and Anakin and Mace Windu so much better um, and their journeys. And then Ahsoka is probably one of my top five characters in the, you know. Star Wars universe is just so cool, um, and there's just so much I like about the show, and the way it's just 
it really like immerses itself in the universe and tells all these different stories from all these planets, all these animal, all, all these <laughs> creatures and aliens and stuff. So that's been a fun, fun one to watch. Uh, and I think like watching that and then watching the movies, um, I feel, and I'm kind of wanting your take on this because um, they've done a great job with The Mandalorian, obviously it's a live action. They've done an amazing job with Clone Wars. Um, I'm wondering if the future of Star Wars is really just like a bunch of series, 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 like exploring the galaxy with the viewer and taking them places they haven't been, seeing planets they haven't, or aliens they haven't seen or things like that. Yeah. Um, I only say that just because <laughs> I'm not saying they shouldn't make Star Wars movies necessarily, but I feel like it's not a bad thing to put a character on a show. It's not like a demotion to put, a, you know, focus a, sh a character on a show. No, and especially if, you, if one of your first series is going to be Kenobi, uh, like Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of the, I mean, one of the biggest characters that you could potentially put on, on TV or into a movie. And so the fact that they are going with kind of like a mini series, uh, short, like, I think six, seven episode run. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think shows that, yeah, it's not, it's not a demotion at all. It's, it's just I another. Think, I think what, what after Mandalorian people are realizing is like, they can, they get to, um, spend more time with that character. They get to understand that character better. Like they get to see the little moments like in between that you might not have time for in a big movie where everybody's got to get their screen time or whatever. Um, so uh, I just think that, and I may be saying this because like the last, the last taste of Star Wars I had in my mouth was just like the, the last two movies were just huge disappointments to me personally. And you know, it seemed like they were just yeah. trying to go off course with against the lore completely, or they were trying to course correct to what the fans wanted. And um, it just, uh, like, but when you watch Clone Wars or Mandalorian, it just seems like completely different. It's, it's not trying to please anybody. It's just like, I'm telling, like, the storytellers were telling their story in a very unique way. So I feel like, yeah rambling on but I think that the future yeah. of is going to be a lot of really good series is with hopefully and we can get into movies later but yeah uh no I I I tend to agree with you uh I think my assessment of specific of I I, I think we're on the same page with the rise of Skywalker and kind of our uh the bad taste so to speak uh and we can and we've we've talked many times on this podcast and off this podcast about last jedi and our differences of, of opinion there but i do agree with you that it t television series it's it's lower pressure because if you have if you have one bad episode that's one bad episode and you got five more or you got 10 more right yeah. with, a, with a movie it's like you, you you have the one move you have this movie that's it like you you have this one this you, you have one shot <laughs> you have one shot and in the case of like for example in the case of the rise of skywalker i think one of the bigger issues with that movie is the pacing and how it is just stuffed with so much is happening mm -hmm. like every minute is 
like, oh shoot, there's a spy in the first order. Oh shoot, we've got to find this Sith Wayfinder. Oh shoot, we got to go over here. We got to find this knife, and this knife's going to take us over oh, here. Shoot, and it's going to show us this. We got to go over here. And I mean, it has it has the most planet hopping and the most like plot points and different twists and turns of any Star Wars movie, which isn't in and of itself a bad thing. Uh, but it does, the pace of the movie is just, like, you don't have enough time, there, there's very little time to, like, sit back and pause and reflect, and, <laughs> and even just let it sink in, like, this is the last, this is the last Star Wars movie in the Skywalker saga or whatnot. Uh, and instead, this movie is like, no, 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 we gotta keep moving, we gotta, we gotta keep going, we gotta keep going. You don't have that problem as often with a television series or a show. Uh, and in some cases, with a show... I mean, with Clone Wars or with Mandalorian, you kind of have the opposite effect where you're kind of like, dude, come on, let's go. Let's get back to, let's get back to the action. Like, I mean, Mandalorian, you had the first, first two episodes was very much like about the child, baby Yoda and this thing. And then it kind of turns and pivots and he goes off and does like these own little like tiny adventures each episode. Like, yeah. oh, we're just gonna go over to Tatooine or we're gonna go over to this planet. And you're kind of like, hey, whoa, 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 let's get back to the Empire and like Yo Baby Yoda and all this stuff. And you're kind of clamoring for that. And same with same with Clone Wars. Uh, sometimes you get that like three episode arc in the show where you're just like, all right, come on, let's get back to Ahsoka and Anakin. Like, yeah. come on, let's wrap this up. But. <clears throat> Those those little those little vignettes those little story arcs um, are useful in like showing you a wider picture of the galaxy and showing you yeah. this showing you giving you a story that uh, you wouldn't have had otherwise. Like for example, there's a there's a there's an episode a two three or four episode arc all about all about slavery in Clone Wars. Like there's a th there's this three or four episode sequence. Uh, where Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, spoiler alert, like, have to, like, go investigate this uh, slave trade, which is something that we have never got, like, that, that's, that's an, an aspect of the universe that gets explored briefly in one episode of, like, the Star Wars movies. You get episode one where it's like, oh, shoot, Anakin was a slave, and his mom's still a slave. <clears throat> uh, but in, in the TV show, you can, like, all right, we're going to deep dive on this, and we're going to spend three, four, five, maybe even five episodes in this part of the galaxy where there's slavery, or there is, uh, I mean, they have whole episode arcs where it's like the Senate is about to vote on something. Like, yeah. what, what TV show does a whole, does like multiple episodes about like, oh, shoot, we need to vote on another bill to, like, approve more clones. Yeah. And you see this, this pu pu push and pull between, you know, Sidious and Palpatine trying to pull the strings and trying to, like, consolidate his power. And then you have, I mean, what, what show does that? What, what, or what movie gives you the opportunity to, to spend that much time on those aspects of the universe? So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, the, this, these, these you know, Disney Plus series give you give you that opportunity to explore those areas of the galaxy that you might feel, you might be a little, I, I would say Disney might be a little squeamish about going to those places in like a single movie. Mm. Like you or I, you know, the, the cutting, the dyed in the wool Star Wars fan might go like, yeah, I'm going to go see a Star Wars movie about like 
them voting in the Senate about like whether to approve more clones or like whether to like build more, you know, storm, make more, I mean, train yeah. more stormtroopers and stuff. But Disney, I mean, Disney is like, no, we're going to keep that to the like television side. Um, and I would say, and you mentioned kind of the demotion, uh, you know, it's not really a demotion. I would say given the like production quality that has been put into shows like the Mandalorian and even and Clone mm-hmm. Wars, like there's no, I, I don't see a drop off. Like with most, like with most, like if you, like between Avengers and a CW show about <laughs> superheroes, there is a steep drop off. But between like the Rise of Skywalker and a Disney Plus show like the Mandalorian, there is, I, I have not, I have not noticed a marked drop off and like oh that that quality is like kind of kind of kind of shitty like not not the best no that's not that hasn't happened yet uh, and and i think oh. what a way that i read something that kind of sums that up is that they were talking about like one of the guys who was uh who played a stormtrooper that like punched baby yoda and john favreau the director was telling him like hey like i really want you to punch it but also know that that thing's worth like five million dollars. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? That's crazy. And you know, you have they have like six of those just like hanging out. You know, different ones for different yeah. things and like. Well, it's also like it's the show. The shows have shown a like a deeper or a similar commitment to practical effects and like and you know. Yeah, I think in a lot of movie, in a lot of movies, uh, there would be um, there would there, I mean, there, I mean, even on production of Mandalorian, there was a temptation to like let's just CGI this baby. Uh, yeah, let's CGI, CGI him like everywhere. Yeah. And and I think because of not in spite of, but because it's a puppet, because it's a physical, like tangible thing, I think that has generated this massive re- this massive like guttural reaction from people who are like you know rabid for for baby yoda um yeah i couldn't remember i couldn't remember the name mm-hmm. of the um the uh the the new series creator the person who's been tapped uh so leslie headland who was the co-creator of russian doll on netflix i don't know if you've watched russian doll uh i i have not but now i'm probably going to because <laughs> Uh, the co-creator is in charge of a Star Wars show right now, um, but I, from what I've seen, the the reaction on Twitter from people who have seen Russian Doll is there's a, there's been a lot of excitement that I've seen from people who are like, uh, obviously like there's some trust built there. Like, oh, you did Russian Doll, like I'm you're good. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you to um, to continue this, you know. This. And it's funny how that works because the the Star Wars nerds are very like protective of their property. Oh, there's 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 some of that sentiment as well. Like oh, there yeah. are some, there are some of the dude bros out there that are like, "What do you mean female centric? Like, what do you not what do you mean that. this is going to be about females?" I'm not, I'm trying to take the like sexism out of it, but like just yeah in general, yeah yeah yeah. But like, so that's part of why Colin uh, Fevreau, or his name. The guy who was originally slated to uh, direct episode direct nine. Episode nine, 
they saw a movie that the most recent movie that he made was named like the worst movie of all time. It was just terribly acted, terribly written, terrible everything. I forget what it was called. I think he directed uh, Jurassic World. I think he, well, no. Once, give me a second. Well, anyway, so they reacted to that movie, not even seeing it. They just like went off the review and then they just started like, eviscerating him on on twitter and then he loses the job too like it was poor timing for for that movie to come out but um, yeah he he directed he directed jurassic world uh did not um the first one yeah the first one just jurassic world he was a writer on fallen kingdom though okay well um i guess one like for kind of sum up the power really quickly of Baby Yoda. My wife is not interested in Star Wars in the least bit. And but when Baby Yoda's on screen? She heard about Baby Yoda from other people, not me, because I just like, I assumed she wouldn't want to watch Mandalorian because it's a Western in space, and she doesn't like Star Wars, and she, that's a Western, so she's not going to like yeah. it. So yeah. Why even try? She's not going to want it. Yeah. And she's like, so what's the deal with this Baby Yoda? I'm like, watch it and of course like she's immediately won over by baby yoda and his cuteness and then like how adorable he is and like but you know i want to know how much of an impact like how many more women watched that show because of baby yoda i feel like there's like a there should be a metric yeah i i think that that brings up a good point in that like you and I, as as guys, often, I, I think I think we miss the impact of some of those smaller things that that we that we kind of we have our blinders up and we don't see those as like a Relevant. huge deal. Because <laughs> um, because I mean I would love to see if someone was able to do kind of a a like n- national survey of of just people in general to see like how many like based on age group based on demographics based on like gender like how many people are like heavily or like not very invested in star wars before the sequel trilogy and post sequel trilogy because i think i seriously think having a female like lead in ray like an actual like lead protagonist is going to like has huge has a huge impact on like especially younger fans like kids like yeah, when we yeah. grew up when we grew up it was like oh my gosh Anakin and Obi Wan and like Qui Gon and <laughs> you know Mace Windu and all these people but there wasn't really like you had Padme but she was she really was like kind of relegated to a to a more diplomatic a, a side role and yeah so you had that but I think I think this sequel trilogy for all of its its some of its flaws. Um, is like we're gonna see like there's a whole generation of kids who have Kylo, they have Finn, and they also have Ray to uplift as like these these characters that they love and adore, and that you wouldn't have gotten if it was just if it was another <laughs> if it was another if it was another th- run like all right we're gonna run it back with like two white dudes like we're gonna run it back with like this generation's Ewan McGregor and Hayden Cr- like we're just right. gonna we're just gonna throw those two on the screen again or we something. Something like that, where you know we're gonna we're gonna throw on uh, Ansel Elgort and uh, <laughs> and 
I don't know who's another who's another like there's a guy I could put Ron Swanson out there. <laughs> what? We can get uh Nick Offerman to play like Obi-Wan's grandson or something. No, no. <laughs> Stop it. Um so yeah, it's it's weird how those things or even something as small as like there's this little puppet that's a baby Yoda that suddenly pulls in a bunch of people that wouldn't have otherwise. And it's a great show. It's not like the puppet like steals the show, but if you didn't It like, steals it steals some of the scenes that it's in. Oh, for sure. Like, it when steals, it's when it's <laughs> It steals some of the scenes that it's in, but like it doesn't like take anything away. From, it's not just like the Baby Yoda show with no, 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 happens no, to be not there. At all. Like you watch the show because Baby Yoda's on there maybe and then you're like, "Oh wow, this show is actually pretty good." But you also uh, let me think. I mean, you mentioned, you know, there's the scene with the scout troopers and like Jason Sudeikis voices one of the scout troopers. IG IG Eleven, the the droid the droid that's featured in prominently in several episodes, is voiced by uh, Taika Waititi. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I you have that. you have uh, let's see uh, in there's one episode where uh, Bill Burr is in an episode. Yeah, like, he's really good. Um, and then yeah. there's that one girl from Game of Thrones who's like that. Yeah, she guy. she plays she plays uh, one of the I forget her name, but she plays one of the, the Twilight uh, like assassin bounty hunters. Um, so yeah, you suddenly have yeah, it's not all about Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is like the big, very meme worthy, like viral hit. But across the board, there's something for everybody. It's <laughs> all of it is high quality. Uh, do, do you think like? I mean, the next show that comes out that's for Star Wars, is, do you think, I think they can benefit from the fact that, like, Mandalorian brought everybody in with Baby Yoda so that the next show doesn't have to, like, try, you know what I mean? Just, like, oh, like here's, the your, next, the here's a baby Chewbacca, baby don't Yoda? you like it? You know, like, I don't know. But, yeah, I think they bought themselves, they bought themselves a lot of goodwill with mm. the Mandalorian, so I think there's going to be there's going to be a ton of people. It depends on what sh what the next show that like gets released, um, mm -hmm. like if it's the Cassian Andor series, uh, or that? if it's Kenobi. Is that the so, one who's the Rogue One guy? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's uh, yeah, he's the co lead in the Rogue One movie. I just is that saw like the Spanish uh, accent. Yeah, I just saw a uh, a press release. Uh, that said that the that series, the Cassian Andor series, is going to be set five years before the events of Rogue One. So it'll be, like, in the thick of kind of, like, you know, uh, building up the rebellion, uh, very, you know, you know, espionage-esque focused. Uh, mm. I also saw that originally, I'm not sure if this is still true, but... They had tapped. I don't know. Have you ever watched or have you heard of the show The Americans? I know of it. But it's an FX show about a couple of like Russian sleeper agents. Uh, one of the like head writers or co-creators for The Americans had been tapped to work on the Cassian Andor series. There's been I know there's been some like jumble, you know, creative team kind of mm -hmm. uh, mixing. I mean, mixing and matching since then. So I'm not sure if they're still like heavily involved. Uh, but yeah, I think any, regardless of whatever show is the next one to come, come down the line, I think there's going to be a bunch of people who were, were won over by the Mandalorian 
I mean, For there's sure. people like us who are we're gonna watch anything. We're gonna watch anything <laughs> that they put out. Uh, I would watch I, a Jar Jar Binks show. Just um, to see what I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, and it's. I mean, I I don't know. I've, I've told you this, but I literally um, I have only used Disney Plus to watch Star Wars related content. And there's a lot of it. I yeah. have I have. <clears throat> I don't think I've watched a single. I don't think I've watched a single Marvel movie through Disney Plus. I don't think I've watched a single like Muttlers. I have a ton of Muppets movies that I want to watch on there. <laughs> I haven't watched any of them. Muppets movies. Like there, there aren't there aren't any other like it's just all been. I mean, and we're I'm starting to run out of Star Wars content. So like eventually. Yeah, especially over Star the Wars. quarantine, I bet you've almost run out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have. I have. I'm I'm two thirds. I've watched the first two. Uh, prequel trilogy. I've watched Phantom and Attack of the Clones as part of kind of a revisiting, revisiting those childhood roots. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably once Clone Wars finishes its run, I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith as like a, nice. as a final. Because mm. uh, this <clears throat> current Clone Wars run, not huge spoilers here for you, Ben, but like the final episodes of this seventh season like almost run like they they've kind of flow directly into the events of Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's taking us... Yeah, I think you told me that. Directly what I expected. Into, into those events. Um, I thought so, just looking at the artwork and stuff, but... Um, yeah. I have, so, quick thing, and then we can kind of talk more about, like, what we want. Because we've kind of uh, talked mainly about the series and the ones we're excited about and what we'd like yeah. to kind of see in the, in the next ones. Um, <clears throat> actually, real quick before we get into the next thing, what, what, what would you want most from an Obi-Wan series? For me, I want, like, Ewan McGregor, like, clashing with Darth Maul, because they introduced him in the Solo movie, and I feel like that definitely needs to, they need to go at it. Or, have you watched, have you watched Rebels? That's one of the other, okay, okay, just, just check it. Just, that, 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 that's what I'm looking because Man Warrior was great and it was awesome, but and when you watch Clone Wars, the quality of lightsaber battles is unmatched. It's amazing. It's uh -huh. every every each you know each uh, Jedi has their own style. Each one is still like you know doing their own thing. They're doing all these crazy flips and stuff, but it's not like obnoxious. Um, yeah, and I want that high-quality lightsaber battle in a live-action show. That's all I'm asking. That's literally all I want. Okay. Yeah. Um, specifically for a Kenobi show, um, so you you kind of, you, you alluded to, to it earlier that we've gotten kind of this Western-y feel with, like, the Mandalorian. Uh I think for it to be like true to the character and where Obi-Wan Kenobi is at this particular moment, it has to be entirely set on Tatooine. Um, like it, I think for it to fit, like we're, we're going to rejoin, we're going to see Kenobi potentially like at his lowest, uh, as well as like in his least like general Kenobi-esque. Like he's, in isolation, he's he's a hermit. He's hidden away from the galaxy, and he's trying to protect, 
Luke Skywalker without 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 endangering him. Because if if let's say in his in his quest to protect Luke Skywalker, he suddenly reveals that there's a Jedi in the middle of the desert in Tatooine. Like, so I think I think we might get a little bit of lightsaber action, uh, maybe towards like the finale of, of this series. But I think there's going to be a lot of situations, and this is kind of what I'm looking forward to, uh, is, you know, let's say there's some criminal under criminal element in, on Tatooine, or there's, some, there's something risking Luke's life. It could be a tribe of Tusken Raiders, it could be, you know, hut cartel people, it could be whatever you want to do. And Obi-Wan has to, like, jump into action, but he cannot, under any circumstances, use his lightsaber. Like he cannot, because he can't. He can't risk. He can't risk using the force, and he can't risk whipping out this lightsaber, this like symbol, this like glaring neon sign. Like, hey, look, I'm a Jedi. Because if he does that, suddenly, like, word spreads around. It's a big galaxy, but word gets around, mm-hmm. and so you suddenly see Obi Wan in this situation where he is all of the powers that we've seen him use throughout like the first three episodes throughout the clone wars it's suddenly like shoot i i can't be the jedi that i was before like i have to i have to be a jedi in a different way uh, that that's part of what i'm hoping to see i think i think we're we're obviously going to get some like the fan service reaction to like obi-wan draw on that lightsaber and like going toe-to-toe with darth maul one last time would be bonkers but I do think there's gonna have to be there's gonna be some of this tension uh, that you see where he's he's st- he's still that Jedi Knight he's still trying to protect people but but suddenly he can't protect people the way he's he's used to protecting people because in his in his efforts to protect someone he's potentially gonna bring more he's gonna he's 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 gonna bring more evil if uh-huh. he you know if he you know suddenly. Uh, you you see some of that in some of these later episodes of Clone Wars. We won't get into it, but essentially, like being a Jedi is you're finally going to get to see kind of like being a Jedi is a crime. Like being a Jedi yeah. is a is a uh, is a, an extremely dangerous thing. And so how he how he acts as a Jedi as he's still a Jedi. Like I mean, he still has you know he you can't like tamp that down. But suddenly, like it has to, he, it has to manifest itself <clears throat> in different ways. So I, I'm excited to see how he, ba- how they, how they balance that out. Um, well, now, okay, now that you mention it, the way I kind of see it going down is it's probably like a Mandalorian length series, where mm-hmm. like eight, eight episodes maybe. Yeah. Getting in the series is like him, like getting adjusted to his new life as a hermit or whatever. But he's all to make those episodes engaging instead of him just puttering him around this, you know, this new hermit lifestyle. He'll have to be like in com- like communicating with, you know, uh, Qui Gon Jinn and, and Yoda and just like having these like force strong like revelations or like maybe flashbacks yeah. or whatever. Like he needs to, you know, maybe yeah. something's yeah. haunting him from way back when, what I could have done, whatever. Yeah. So he needs to be wrestling with that. He needs to be talking with, you know, Jedi via the Force. And then on um, 
I think what's probably going to happen is that somebody like whether it's a droid or like like you said criminal element like doesn't know who Luke is but like just like picks on him or like tries to buy him into yeah, slavery or whatever. I mean, there could be there could be some crime syndicate that's like, hey, we're gonna take your land. Yeah, it's or, but it's yeah. it's not even like that. But I feel like what might happen, and like he'll establish during the show, like, oh, like I can't, I can't reveal my lightsaber. But he like is forced to, to like, you know, save uh, Luke's life without Luke knowing it, because Luke does know who he is. He doesn't know like what he's yeah, done. Old Ben, old Ben, that hermit lives over, yeah, <laughs> over yonder. So like, I feel like he has to do it to save that life, and then somehow word gets out to like, hey, Darth Maul, I heard you like had a pass with this guy. And then that's when Darth Maul comes in and tries to kill him. Like That's kind of how I'm picturing it, uh, just yeah. to make it engaging. I'll just say, watch, uh, once you're done with Clone Wars, you need to watch Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> oh, oh, that's all I'll say. That's okay. all I'll say. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, it, um, I do <clears throat> think, I do think there's also, you kind of mentioned it, alluded to it, uh, there's the opportunity to uh, see see a little bit of you know suddenly you know suddenly there are two Jedi left uh, and you you can commune with Qui Gon through the Force and whatnot. But I think there's a there's a there's an interesting opportunity for us to like see firsthand some of the uh, kind of like the the internal reckoning that Yoda and Obi-Wan have to go through where they have to think about where did we go wrong like yeah. how did we how did we mess up so royally that not only are all of our friends dead like not only are all of the jedi dead uh not only did Anakin like my best friend uh turn to the dark side not only all that but now the entire galaxy is ruled by this by this empire so i think it it'll be really interesting for me to see, because you because you you don't really get to see. You see, there's a distinct change between like you and McGregor, Obi Wan, in Episode Three, and like Alec Guinness. But I mean, that's twenty years of like aging in the desert. And the same with like Yoda is a little bit weirder and kookier in Empire Strikes Back than he was in that. But I mean, but they've been in isolation for twenty years, so of course they're a little bit different. But you, I think you finally there's the opportunity to see. Okay, how are they? How are they dealing with like their own failures? Because I mean, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda even himself says like, "I have failed. Like, I have to go into like I, I have to go into isolation. Like, I have to, I have to go. Like, it's my time to. It's essentially like I have to go into retirement. Like, we have, we have effed up. Like, this isn't. Uh, it's kind of. I mean, it could be looked at as like they've essentially surrendered and given up." But there's also the opportunity for like, no, we screwed up so royally that like we need to sit back and reflect and try and figure out how do we get out of this mess, right. and like, and what and what is what is our role in getting out of that mess? Because Clone Wars Obi Wan or Clone Wars Yoda or Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan or Yoda is like, I'm gonna draw my lightsaber and we're gonna fight this thing head on, and suddenly that strategy has has put you into this place where there's only two of you left. Galactic Empire has taken over. All the Jedi are dead. You got this like little baby boy and this little baby girl that are like the hope. Like that's mm -hmm. it. Like you suddenly 
the tables have been turned. Like you are, you, you are, you are in the pit of despair and you got to figure out how to get out of there. And, and we haven't really seen that firsthand from a Jedi. Like we see in the last Jedi, you kind of get some of it from Luke where he like very clearly like expresses, like we keep, we keep effing up the Jedi deserve to die. Like we keep like bringing all this, all this terrible shit down on the galaxy, but you don't see, you see that like 20 years later, you don't see it like in the moment where it's like, you know, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and Yoda have to sit with their own failure and try and grapple with it and figure out how to move forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I think that's another really interesting place to, to, to just to, to go with the character and to see, you know, Obi-Wan grapple with that. Uh, as a character because you just you know those 20 years those 15 to 20 years you know it's just like oh obi-wan got older like obi-wan's all white-haired and like old now but you don't see like the internal you know shift in obi-wan where it's like oh dang obi-wan's seen some shit and like has, 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 has changed personally like he hasn't just changed physically and he hasn't just turned into an old man he's turned into a different kind of Jedi, yeah, uh, than the one he was before. Definitely, I think um, there's definitely a lot of potential with that show. Particularly, I just want to like. I know that they won't have him. Like all we know is that he has like been there for a, a while. So they, I just hope that they find a way to make make his hermit status in the desert engaging. And with, and I'm not saying they won't, it's just like, there's a lot more question marks for that time period, you know, as far as like what actually happened and what he, I know maybe there's obviously more, uh, I guess, rebels I can be watching to answer some of it, but I think. Thank you for checking out part one of our Star Wars and Beyond episode. Check out part two and let us know what you think. Enjoy. This is Buckets and Beyond, signing out, adios.